DJ and PK, time now for our weekly visit with Lincoln Kennedy, Raider and Pac-12 Network Analyst. It's brought to you by America First Credit Union. Football Fridays here on the Zone Sports Network and coverage of the Raiders all season long. Brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. Same great features and benefits now with a silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy holidays to you and your listeners and hoping you guys are safe and well. We are uh, so far so good. I hope the same for you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So what has gone wrong? How have the Raiders (laughs) lost four out of five? Lincoln, I I work at Channel 2 with one of the biggest Raider fans ever, and all season he was telling me, don't worry, the back half of the schedule is soft, and it's turned out to be the worst stretch of football for them. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, Where do you start? Um, Only the Raiders could lose their – Offensive and defensive coordinator in one week. Paul Gunther was obviously fired after the Colts game, but um, Greg Olson tested positive, so was out of last last night's game, along with Henry Ruggs for for COVID due to COVID concerns. Um, injuries are surmounting. The youth and inexperience is surmounting, uh, and now you know people are beginning to question if, if Gruden has enough to get them through the back half of a season in the sense where, it, you know, his play calling, his, uh, his, his, the way he's running the team, um, it just, it's, it's, just, it's just bad. I mean, it's just bad all around. There's, the defense can't stop anybody. The offense is, is now become, um, you know, somewhat um, inept, uh, especially when it comes to the running game. I mean, there were several things that broke down last night in the running game where the middle linebacker wasn't blocked. And I haven't had a chance to go over the film, but it was just blowing my mind how the the one guy that you normally account for in every defense is not blocked on run plays. So uh, I did, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cavalcade of problems, uh, and, and, and they're not going to get any easier uh, for the final two games. What do you think of Mariota, though? I thought he came in and did well under the circumstances. I did. I did. I think he, he showed why he uh, he wanted a second chance and deserves a second chance. And I'm not surprised at the way he the way he played because I often thought that Gruden was enamored with uh, the R- RPO and wanted a quarterback who was willing to use his legs. And Mariota did that. Uh, both him and Herbert, matter of fact, did that uh, running similar styles of offenses on the other side of the field. So um, I wasn't surprised at Mariota. He, he looked like a person who was determined to prove that he still has value and worth in the National Football League. So two things about that. One, I can't believe. I don't play football. I do not put my fingers in the dirt. And I know on the zone read, the defensive end has got to stay home. You can't come crashing down the line of scrimmage. How are NFL guys still screwing that up? And two, it's awesome that you can run, but you got to throw in the NFL. And that touchdown pass to Waller was on the money. I couldn't have been more impressed. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, the fact the Raiders got down on the five twice, uh, last night and weren't able to get touchdowns was disappointing and disheartening. But, you know, to answer the RPO question, defenses just don't typically prepare for it. You don't see a lot of it in National Football League unless you had a lot of time to prepare. Obviously, the Chargers weren't expecting Derek Carr to get an injury and, and have Mariota in the game. So they obviously hadn't trained for it but or, or expected it, even though they run it. I don't think their defensive guys like Rochelle uh, plays defensive end, and some of their backups were ready for it, how to truly defend it. So um, overall, it's just not it's not defended well because the teams just don't practice. And in this day with COVID, I mean, teams barely practice at all, let alone prepare for things like that. 
So when you evaluate the team as a whole, I've watched a lot of Raider football this season. Uh, you, obviously, you throw out the Atlanta game where they got stomped. You could probably go the Tampa Bay game, too. But most of the other games, at least from a, sta- a fan standpoint, which is all I am, you know, they've been fun. Watching this game mm-hmm. against the Chargers, that was fun. I don't really care who wins, but for me as a fan, it was fun. So my point for you is how far away do you think they are? Because even in a lot of their losses, they're close and competitive. You know, the Raiders, John Gruden and Mike Mayock have made a point to turn this roster over and make them younger, try to create depth in doing so. Um, That's all good and well. However, you do need veteran senior leadership out there to sometimes pull guys' heads out of their butts, fire them up, strike them up. I don't know who does it on this team. Unfortunately, and you know, under these circumstances, I haven't been able to be around him, so I can't watch body language and monitor who's really pulling guys through. Last night, I saw Max Crosby giving a pregame rah-rah speech. Okay, that's good. He's a second-year player. I, I, you know, I don't know how many seventh or eighth-year players that are on that team are going to be really paying attention to him. I say that to say this: going forward, they're going to have to bring in an impact player, and it's going to have to be an impact player on defense. I think they've got their offense pretty much taken care of. An impact player, whether it's a safety, whether it's a linebacker, somebody like a Jamal Adams, somebody like a, uh, uh, I mean. No, I'm drawing a blank on other players that are, you know, impact players. But an impact player that can not only make plays, but can be boisterous and rally these guys. I think these, I think this team, uh, you know, coming into the season, I said I thought the Raiders were 9 and 7, 10 and 16. Well, 10 and 6 is out of the question. So it has to be 9 and 7 at, at the best. That's a step in the right direction. They go from four wins to seven wins to possibly nine wins. They're knocking on the playoff door. I don't think really a lot of people expected the AFC to be as competitive as it has been this year. So typically nine and seven could get you in the playoffs. However, um, even if the Raiders do get nine and seven, I'm not necessarily one of those guys who wants to see them go in the playoffs because let's face it, I don't think they can beat Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Kansas City, or Tennessee, or Indianapolis at their places if you're playing a wild card game. So, you know, uh, it, to me, it's just one of those things where you finish the season off as best you can, hopefully with a winning record. You're stepping in the right direction, but there's still a season away. Lincoln Kennedy joins us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. While the Raiders have lost four out of five, if you look around the league, there are other teams that are peaking right now. And yes, we look at the teams with the best records, but it's also very useful going in the playoffs to find out who the hot teams are. The Bills have won six out of seven. Washington has won four in a row. Who's impressing you? Maybe it's those teams. Maybe it's somebody else. Who's impressing you as a team that, regardless of their record, is peaking right now and will be dangerous in January? Well, there was a saying back in the day that if you win in November or December, you play in January. So Buffalo is obviously exciting to watch. I think Pittsburgh has been knocked down a little with their defense in the cars their last two losses. Uh, it's anyone's game in the NFC East, uh, whether it's Washington or the New York Giants um, coming out of there. But, you know, somebody's got to come and win the division. I do like Washington. However, with Alex Smith banged up, I don't know how far they're going to be able to go um, if they have to have Haskins back in and at quarterback. So um, it, it, it's just it, it's fun to watch this time because you, you see people kind of separate themselves next Saturday. Uh, the Raiders have to take on the Miami Dolphins. And Brian Flores and those and that crew has done surprisingly well 
with uh, with your picks and the way they, especially the way their defense is playing. Uh, more importantly, it looks like they they continue to uh, proceed the way they are. They'll be in the playoffs, and they could probably disrupt somebody, uh, with, especially with that defense. So, um, you know, Kansas City's chugging along, and that, that's just in the AFC. Uh, NFC is, is is still not as competitive, but Green Bay is quietly going under the w- radar and making a name for themselves and, and, and trying to get themselves in the, pl- the top playoff spot. You keep hearing that the Chargers are looking to make a change at coach. You know, when I watch Herbert, I see they're uh, a developing team, too. You think that maybe they should stay with what they got and play it out a little bit more? It seems like sometimes teams are quick to make changes. I don't know about you guys, but over the last couple of years, it seems like the mismanagement skills of this coaching staff on the Chargers, Anthony Lynn, as much as respect as you have, them not really being able to manage a football game seem to be falling apart at the seams. I mean, last night in many ways was a comedy of errors, if you think about it. Kicker can't make a, a field goal. He hooks two to the left, which could have probably put the game away. Um, you know, they, several times where it looked like the special teams were, were going to let the team down like they, uh, they've done so many before. I'm of the mindset right now that the way, I mean, the way I looked at the Chargers game, when most of their starters were on the sidelines, they were playing a lot of their backups. I think they've kind of, player-wise, kind of just said, you know what, let's just finish the season off. It is what it is. We're not going to playoffs. Uh, let's see what we can do. And they've got divisional opponents, uh, two more divisional opponents uh, for the rest of their games. I don't know if Anthony Lynn still has locker room overall. So based on the, 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 the bumbling, stumbling uh, things that they've done over the last couple of seasons, it might be necessary to make a change because you know you've got your franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. Uh, now you've got to surround the pieces to make, try to make this team a winner. Their ownership doesn't have a lot of money, so that might be working in his favor. I don't know his contract situation and how much they'd have to pay him. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's true. But at the same point, now that you have a, a, a proverbial superstar in Herbert, when the world does resume and we try to get back to normalcy, you're going to have to market the heck out of it. I don't think the fan base will support Lynn Stillen, uh still coaching. Mm-hmm. We played a, uh, a clip of Kirk Herbstreet talking about college football and the playoff. He says it's uh, one of the worst, if not one of the worst postseasons. And he was joking. He was saying, I could tell you two or three of the playoff teams that are going to be there in 21, 22. He went as far out as 23, and he had the, the usual, the three suspects of Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. And he's probably going to be right, uh, if not 50%, maybe 100%. It's talking about how the playoff system in college football is so bad, and we're debating on that. We love the sport. Uh, if you were in charge, say, and they created you as a commissioner, what would you do? Well, the first thing I would do, I would expand it. And I would expand it anywhere from the realm of six to eight teams. Uh, within that confines, I would say the conference champions get the first uh, the, the first bid uh, into the playoff system. And then when it comes to the independents, it's the best independent record that we get in that large bid. And then maybe one of the outside of the uh, one of the uh, plus one conferences outside, you know, the power five or power six, however you break it down. But I, I think that you need to expand it because I think I believe conference championships are worth something. I don't care what the records are. I don't care. You know, um, it will level the, the talent they're playing. Conference championships convert, are worth something. I also believe that the Power Five or Power Six should be playing the Power Six. If you're Alabama, you don't get the benefit of playing, you know, a, a Citadel. 
between LSU and Auburn. You don't do that. You have to stay within your conference, um, and you have to play, you know, Power Five conference or the Power Six conference, however you want to break it down. Uh, and then uh, everyone should have a chance to be a part of the round robin. You got USC or Oregon in the Pac-12 title game? Oh gosh, you you asking me to cheer for either one of those? <laughs> Thank I mean, I, you know, somebody was asking me last night about, you know, I was a, was I disappointed the dogs weren't in the Pac-12 championship? I said, not at all. I said, if you see them play, I said, last thing I want to do is put them on national TV again like they were at Stanford and get smashed. So, I mean, I, I can't cheer for a duck or a Trojan. So, I, I really have no dog in the hunt. <laughs> all right. Well, Lincoln, as always, we'll leave it right there. That was pretty funny. As always, we love having you on. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Be well.